This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Cannabisradio.com proudly presents Grassroots Marketing. Each episode curates thought-provoking dialogue with an exclusive class of thought leaders who will offer high-end roundtable business strategies and solutions that seek to prune and harvest great ideas in each 30-minute episode. Thought leaders in the cannabis industry convene here to share some of their best practices and protocols. Let's chart the growth of this burgeoning industry, one of the world's premier cash crops, right now on Grassroots Marketing. Thanks for joining us. I'm Karen Canton with Carter Insurance, and welcome to Grassroots Marketing. Today on our show, I have Tom Coclazier of Shelby County Community Services. It is a nonprofit medical marijuana, as well as a nonprofit social services in Shelbyville, Illinois. Welcome to the show, Tom. Well, thank you, Karen. I'm happy to be here. Tell me, Tom, what's your background? Well, I've been in this business a long time, but I started actually for a credit union and a savings and loan. And it's funny, you can create a plan in life. Things kind of happen the way they happen. One of my customers at the savings and loan offered me a job in mental health, and I've been there. I was, I've been there for ooh about uh, 38 years now. We started very small, just about 18 people. The organization I was with grew to where we had 400 people in the corporation I ran and 300 in one of our sister corporations. And we expanded all over West Central Illinois, up to Rockford and down to Macomb, into Southeast Iowa. And it seems like when there was, you know, a new contract or a new program that needed to be addressed, we would create that. Or if there was another company that was having a problem go in and solve that problem and bring them in our corporate group or or if they were too far gone we would pick up the pieces and provide the programs after after they'd left so about four years ago i kind of semi-retired and the folks in shelbyville found out uh, and lured me there i'd been retired about four months and decided i really <laughs> wanted to work <laughs> and so i'm doing something a little different i'm doing the same thing but at a different place there we we have a full range of mental health services we saw that 
medical cannabis was coming around in Illinois and didn't know a whole lot about it. And we, as we looked into it, we found that we thought it met our mission because it provides a product that helps people. And we're finding out every day there are more and more illnesses and conditions that product addresses and helps people with. And we thought it meant our mission uh, from that perspective. And we also provide employment for people with disabilities. And when we have a business uh, that's doing well, employ people with disabilities and people from the community working side by side. That's uh, kind of in a nutshell. It's really interesting because you do have the social services arena and the mental health, and then you employ the uh, disability, the disabled rather. But how does this industry and social services, how do they come together in the community as far as the medical marijuana and your social services arena? Any revenue that we will receive from this business goes back into the corporation to build programs and provide different types of services for people, for individuals with disabilities and mental illness, developmental disabilities. And in running the business, we provide employment for people with disabilities. There, there are a whole range of disabilities. We've got folks with severe disabilities that can just do very minor types of work. And in this business, those folks might do something like put the dirt in a, in a, in a pot uh, that would grow a plant in, where there are people with other disabilities that function at a much higher level, can do complicated tasks, and, and people that uh, you could work side by side with and not know they had a disability, but they might have a mental illness and, and work very well for a period of time, but uh, run into a problem with their medication. Uh, they might cycle a little bit and uh, where a normal employer uh, would hit that bump in the road and decide they did not want that employee because that's our business. We would work with that person uh, with the time off they needed and providing psychiatric services to get them through that bump. And that might take, uh, you know, three or four months or, you know, it could take, uh, you know, two or three weeks. But uh, so we, we provide employment for people and utilize revenues from uh, a business like this to build and strengthen our programs. Well, you guys sound like you're really compassionate in helping them build their confidence to feel like they're an intricate part of the community and and actually helping. What type of conditions in Illinois are recognized? You know, Illinois has a list of conditions they approved uh, going into this pilot program. I don't have it in front of me. I think there are about 19 conditions, and seizures are certainly on there. There are illnesses like uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, Parkinson's disease, you know, Crohn's disease. There, there's a whole list of diseases that medical cannabis helps people with, but there are many, many more that are not on the pilot program list. Since has started in Illinois, there's an association of uh, cultivators and dispensaries. They have formulated an extended list with other conditions they feel people could benefit from medical cannabis, and they have submitted that, some additional items to the governor. He has not proved them. In fact, he's rejected them at this time, indicating that, you know, it's the pilot program just getting off the ground and it's not ready to extend the list until things really get going. So we're hopeful that more conditions will be recognized. 
and that people can have the availability of this product to benefit their conditions. I know people, you know, before before about a year and a half, I didn't know anything about this, and I have learned a lot. And I know people now who have used lotions with medical cannabis in them for their hands with arthritis, where it has enabled them to almost immediately do things that they were not able to do, turn doorknobs, um, pick things up. We have director of our medical cannabis business has a brother who has severe disabilities and was having multiple, multiple seizures each day. And that was her inspiration to, to learn about this business and get into it. Her brother has used an oil that she has put together for him. He is having like one or two seizures a day instead of 20 or 30. And it's been pretty much a miracle drug for him. And, and I've heard that story from so many people. We have different types of products we're going to be producing to address different types of ailments. And we're just getting started here. We're growing plants, but we have not harvested yet because we're uh, just getting into this. But uh, we will be producing patches that people can throw the medication through their skin. People with ailments like Crohn's disease that have a hard time uh, ingesting can you know, wear a patch uh, to get the medication. We're going to be putting medical cannabis oils in lotions for arthritis. We are going to uh, have vape pens because when you breathe, product acts quicker in the body. There'll be vape pens that everyone's familiar with, you know, as well as the ability to, to smoke cookies and brownies. and But our purpose is for medical cannabis. So we also will have capsules. Um, so they'll be in a pill form that people can take. For children, we will have cartridges that look something like plastic tube where you could make an injection where a parent can put so many drops in whatever whatever they want to do for a child to utilize. Tom, how important is medical marijuana to your organization and how do you feel it benefits the community and the state itself? It's interesting because physicians used to carry this in their black bag before the 30s. It was a standard type of, uh, of medication that was administered to people. You know, it went away and it's coming back. And for people that have illnesses, I can't emphasize too much the kind of benefit it can have for those. It's a natural ingredient and not like a lot of pharmaceutical prescriptions that with uh, crazy side effects and, and it's a na something natural that can help people. So for the community at large, I think it gives them another option. And recently, in the last, about two months ago, the U.S. Department of Health, I read an article where, where they're stating that it uh, kills cancer cells and shrinks tumors. Now, that's been known for a while, but for the U.S. Department of Health to state that, that is a major statement uh, because it takes them a long time uh, to come through uh, with, with a statement like that about a, uh, some kind of a, a product or medication. So for the community, I can't emphasize enough how important I think this is because I, I am so happy it will be available uh, should members of my family need it. And as I've talked to community groups, I really thought because of the understanding people have had about marijuana that I thought there would be pushback. But what I found is people are better informed than I had imagined they were. And after I talk to a group, they come up to me and they say, we're so happy this is happening in Illinois because my mother-in-law had cancer and we would have liked her to have been able to utilize a product like this. Or, or they will say, uh, 
you know, my, my child had a physical problem and I had to go out of state and bring this back illegally and we're so happy we will be able to get this here. So I think for the community, for medication that can help people is a great benefit uh, in our society and in Illinois. For our organization, it will provide work opportunities for people. It will provide play down the road as we get things, as we actually are producing product, provide revenue to support programs are not funded quickly any other way for people with disabilities and mental illness. And for the state of Illinois, which is uh, floundering with its budget, can provide a great source of tax revenue. Um, they like that. They definitely they, like that. <laughs> well, we will be paying 7% on the gross thing we produce uh, to the state of Illinois. And in the state of Colorado, they are building parks and have collected all the tax they can legally collect, so they're giving people tax refunds. So Illinois is billions and billions of dollars in the hole. To be able to get tax revenue from a product that will help people, it seems like a win-win situation. Absolutely, because, you know, it gives the state revenue. It gives people alternatives to the big pharmaceuticals. It doesn't have side effects. What we need to do, Tom, right now, we're, we're going to take a break, uh, but when we come back... We'll be speaking briefly about insurance and bonds. Grassroots Marketing will return after we generate traffic to our generous sponsors. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarterInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Carter Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. CannabisRadio.com keeps you in the know Monday through Friday on air and on demand with Cannabis Radio News, presented in partnership with the definitive worldwide news source, the Associated Press. Stay informed with exclusive news on all things cannabis. Cannabis Radio News, live weeknights at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, during the Russ Belville Show, or download the daily podcast exclusively on CannabisRadio.com as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. When breaking news happens in the cannabis industry, Cannabis Radio News delivers the details first. We're back with more motivating marijuana monetization insights on grassroots marketing, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I am joined with Tom Coclasier. 
of Shelby County Community Services. We've been discussing his background, and we're going to touch briefly on insurance, a little bit of insurance, and then we're going to explain what bonds are so everybody will understand how the bonding process goes. Tom, you went through the insurance process for Shelby County. Were you surprised when you went through all of the applications, and was it helpful when you were building the building and the facility to understand how the insurance was rated? You know, the state of Illinois uh, required that we have a $2 million bond construction of our building and implementation of our project. Not only that the building be completed within a six-month time frame, but that we have policies and procedures in place, that staff were hired, that everything was ready to go so that when they came through and uh, to check uh, where we are at in the process that we could start production, start planting the next day. So uh, we were under a tremendous amount of pressure, a tremendous time frame. Contractors had told us it would take six months, or I'm sorry, 10 months. This is a 10-month building to build, but we had six months to build it with a $2 million bond hanging out there at the end. And when we started looking for bonds, uh, we went first to our existing insurance broker. took them forever. Uh, we were in a hurry to get this because we were we had a time frame with the state. And um, it took them forever to research it, forever to get back to us. And when they did get back to us, the bond was going to be very expensive. And besides having the bond that we would pay a lot of money for, we were going to need to hold back $2 million in a in a, an account that we couldn't get to besides paying for the bond, which uh, I was, you know, flabbergasted <laughs> to get that information. So we went to our local bank and uh, our local bank was not going to charge us a huge amount of money, but we would have to hold back $2 million in, in an account that we couldn't touch. We could have done that. Uh, but if there was a better option, we certainly uh, wanted to um, to find that. And we were so happy, uh, Carol, we started talking to you and, and your group. And, uh, you know, we have good, very good credit rating. When uh, your folks looked at, at our agency, uh, you determined that uh, we could buy this bond, uh, and it was unnecessary to hold back the $2 million. And we could have... We could have done that, but I just didn't understand why you're buying a bond if you've got to keep the money there, too. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. And this whole bond, I, I, I'd had a bond before in another project, but it was a different type of bond. And, and it was a learning experience um, to find out about the ratings and, and what the bond people are looking for. Fortunately, we, we have... We had the uh, financials and everything because there you go. <laughs> definitely the surety asks for, you know, a lot of information. And, you know, sometimes when I go through what is required of the bonds, they go, why do you need all of this information? Well, a bond is a financial product. You can't go into a bank and say, I want a $2 million loan, but I don't want to have have to guarantee it personally. Well, the bank's going to look at you and say, well, we'll we're going to see you down the road. But Tom, did you realize how expensive uh, the bonds were when you were quoted with your current agent? That was a surprise to me because um, I, I knew we were a good risk. 
like you said, we had the the correct financials, we had reserves, we had all the things in place, good credit rating. So I was surprised, uh, very surprised. The you know insurance agent we had to, to have a big price quoted for us for the bond and still hold the two million dollars in reserve. I was very surprised. It gets quite expensive. So were you guys when you were going through the application process? Did you budget in for a bond, or were you even thinking about the bond? I know insurance was on your mind, but did you even have a clue about the bonds that you were going to need one, and that was that it was going to be so large? We, you know, we did uh, budget for the bond uh, during the application process, um, which was a very uh, short period of time. We got into the application process a little bit late, and uh, we were, you know, working lots of hours and and uh, moving very fast uh, to to get the application uh, completed in time. And there was a lot to put in place for that, so um, we. We did know we would need a bond. We did budget for it, uh, but we did not budget enough. <laughs> so uh, Yes, because that's just uh, something that people don't understand. Now, when you were going through the process, were there some things that you were like, why do they need that? What was required uh, of the bond that you were surprised about? Well, I, I think uh, the first surprise was that we, you know, had good financials or have good financials. So uh, I, I knew that uh, with our reserve uh, that things looked uh, good. So I was surprised to for the questions that we had to answer about all of our assets. And uh, I thought uh, the fact that we had good reserves, that we had good credit rating sufficed, but we really had to um, uh, disclose all of our assets in detail. Yes, because it is it is a financial product. So the more cash that you can show operating cash and cash in the bank, the lower your rate is. Now, they have collateral, which if you don't have such good credit or you don't have such good financials, the surety requires collateral. Now, that's not used. What happens is the surety says it's set aside and it could be of the bond, it could be 2% of the bond. So I just want to explain what a bond is and why the process and everything um, for the surety, because a surety bond is a three-party contract between the principal, which would be you, Tom, the obligee, which is either the state or the municipality, and of course the surety. A surety bond guarantees that the principal will abide by the statute ordinance set forth and fulfill the obligations set by the obligee, which in your case is the state of Illinois. And the bond protects the obligee, and in most cases the bond form is provided by the obligee and reconciles with the principal's obligation. If the principal doesn't fulfill their obligation, then the bond is triggered or set in motion for the surety to to fulfill the principal's obligation and any monetarily guarantee the bond to the obligee up to the penal sum of the bond amount. In your case, when you started, it was $2 million. And then once you were up and running, it was a million and a half. 
And unlike insurance, a surety bond is a credit extension, and it's underwritten using the same underwriting procedures as your bank would. So when the principal applies, that would be you, Tom, or anybody applying for a bond, they're required by the surety to sign an indemnity agreement. And this agreement secures the surety's rights, and the surety will be held harmless from and against any and all liability and responsibility. So if a default or a claim occurs, the surety will be reimbursed by you for any losses that are incurred. So that helps everybody understand exactly what a bond is. So since you were financially stable and you could show major assets in the bank, then you had zero collateral. What was your rate? I do believe it was 3%. 3%. And some so. people were paying 4 and 5%. Okay. okay. And the percentage, it's, def- it's, it's kind of hard because people will go, what's 2%? Well, it's 2% of the bond amount. Right. So whenever you are speaking with your agent, you need to say, okay, well, you know, it's 2% of what? Well, it's 2% of the $2 million, and that is what we call a rate. Now, we need to take a break again, Tom, but when we come back, we'll continue speaking on bonds and the whole process. Grassroots Marketing will return after we generate traffic to our generous sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with more motivating marijuana monetization insights on grassroots marketing, only on CannabisRadio.com. I'm Karen Canton with Carter Insurance, and I'm joined by Tom Coclasure of Shelby County Community Services. Welcome back again, Tom. What was the most difficult part of the bonding process, in your opinion? The state of Illinois wants things 
when they want them. <laughs> they want them quickly. <laughs> when you ask them for something, they're not always too speedy, but when they want something from you, you know, you're on their time frame. And I think the most difficult thing for me is that we knew we had to have this. Uh, when we first uh, uh, approached our uh, current insurance agent, and it was taking forever. That was uh, another reason to start, you know, looking in a, in a broader market because we knew we had to have this. Uh, our current insurance agent was looking into it, trying to, to do this, but wasn't even committing that they could. That's why I'm so happy uh, that we made your acquaintance, Karen. This was something you were very familiar with, so you jumped right on it. And my, my biggest concern is that we would not have it when we needed it. And if we didn't have it when we needed it, throw us out of uh, the process that we had been working, you know, slaving away for, <laughs> for you know, 16-hour days. And you needed it on a certain date, and that's it. Uh, they gave you 10 days, I do believe. And some states require 10 days. Some, some want it immediately once you've been approved. So yours was 10 days that you had to get that into the state of Illinois' hands. You you actually had an inspection that said you were good to, good to go um, by Jack Campbell, head of the Department right. of Agriculture. So do you, do you still have any questions um, about the bonds or about sureties? Anything that you need to ask? One thing I'm wondering about, Karen, is is um, we, we had our $2 million bond uh, during the construction phase and, and putting this project together. And then after we were inspected, uh, the state released the, the $2 million bond, and we uh, you had a $1.5 million bond ready to go for us for the first year of operation. But my understanding is the market's getting a little tighter. And so I'm wondering in the future uh, for us uh, at the end of uh, our first year of operation, then we'll need a million dollar bond. But I'm wondering for us in a year and and for other people trying to do this now in other states, how difficult it's going to be and uh, to, to obtain a bond and, and what the rates could be um, if the market gets tighter. Well, the, the market wasn't tight. We had... 10 to 12 sureties until we had an incident in Colorado where Colorado, uh, a bond was filed on, which caused the surety to pay out about $100,000, which it was a claim. And so that scared all of the sureties off. So we have now two sureties that are left in the marketplace and they are underwriting these with very close scrutiny. You have to meet so much in criteria that we've gone from 12 now down to two and you have to be appointed with that surety in order to to even get a quote and you have to jump through a lot of hoops so hopefully by next year, depending on who runs and who gets in the office, we might have the market open up a little bit more. But as for right now, we only have two sureties that are even entertaining these bonds, and they're being very strict in their guidelines. I, it sounds like the market's tighter right now, and hopefully, in a little time, that will 
will uh, it'll loosen up a little bit more again as, as the surety companies feel more comfortable. But what is happening is if you currently have a bond, you're going for your next bond or any bonds thereafter. You already have one in place, so it's going to be much easier down the road for you get it to get approved with zero collateral because once you start generating revenue, then what happens is your rate is also going to come down, showing your revenue much more than when you first started with this bond. So you're much easier than someone else coming in that has not had a bond and has to go through this process again. So yours is easier. Everyone else that hasn't had one is going to go through the stringent guidelines set forth by the surety. Well, I, I like that. We're sticking with you, Karen. Uh, <laughs> so, so I appreciate it. That's what we are here for. And it's important that you find an insurance and a bond consultant that can can meet your needs and meet it in a timely manner because of the fact that these things are needed. If not, you would have been out $2 million and would have had to post it with the state in order for you to be operational, which is tough because you've got to give up that and there goes your capital. So you can't use that to build a, a facility or you can't use those funds. So it's very important to find someone who can do the bond and take care of your needs. Well, I really enjoyed listening to you and, and what Shelby County Community Services are doing in Shelbyville, Illinois, and how you're actually giving people jobs and, and helping them feel like they're a, a major benefit to society. That's that's very important. So I think I I just think that Shelby is is just a fantastic organization, and one that's going to be around for a very very long time. Tom. Well, thank you, Karen. I appreciate that very much. Tom Coclazier of Shelby County Community Services. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Grassroots Marketing. You can download episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and very soon iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook and Google. Thank you so much, and everyone have a great day. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.